I found in my life that uh, there's something about being in unfamiliar territory that has a way of kind of throwing you off. Probably the, the time that that's most pronounced for me as far as a memory goes is uh, when I was in Turkey and I was with a group and we were doing a tour of the seven churches of Revelation and we found ourselves in a city just for an overnight stay. We had been at one location earlier in the day and had scheduled another one the next day. So they traveled mostly to most of the way to where we were going to be. But we stopped off in this city somewhere in uh, kind of central western Turkey. And even pulling into town, I could tell it wasn't the tourist place that some of the other ones had been that we had stopped at. And uh, because there were a little bit of time left in the day before supper, I, I checked into my room with a friend of mine I was traveling with. And uh, he was tired, and so he laid down. I went down to the restaurant to just kind of grab a snack and something to drink. And when I walked in, uh, it was obvious that I was in unfamiliar territory, and all eyes were on me, and uh, there, it, was, it was kind of an intimidating thing for me. And uh, I, I suggest that that's a pretty good picture of what it can be like for us when we find ourselves in unfamiliar territory. Uh, and that fits into this series that we're looking at now, which really ultimately we're going to focus on the return from exile and the return from this uh, time of quarantine and those things. Um, but before we can talk about returning, we need to really kind of own what goes with it when we're in that kind of situation. And being in exile, if you will, as we've talked about, can be a very disorienting kind of thing. But... By the same token, whenever there is introduced into that some, some level of comfort, uh, then it makes it a little bit better. We start getting used to what's around there. When our kids were teenagers, we encouraged them to bring their friends to our house and let our house be the hangout place. We wanted that largely so that we could keep an eye on our kids, but also so that we could uh, know who our kids were hanging out with and ultimately so that we could influence those kids as well in our home. And so some of those kids were very ill at ease, but uh, there were a few of them who made themselves at home, which is what we told them to do, make yourself at home. So they would go to the uh, cupboard, they would go to the refrigerator and make themselves at home. It was unfamiliar in some ways, but it became familiar for them. Those two poles, familiarity and unfamiliarity, provide for us something of what we're talking about when we talk about being in exile and how we make peace with that. Last week we looked at Daniel, and as Daniel and his uh, other contemporaries were taken off into captivity into Babylon, roughly 605 B.C., thereabouts, um, they were taken off into exile, into this unfamiliar territory and unfamiliar way of life. And there are parallels for that hit us at the point of what we're going through, uh, not just with the COVID-19, but now with some other things in our society that, that have bubbled to the surface and, and it makes a lot of us really uncomfortable with what's normal now. Um, so what we're doing in this is we're trying to get to a point of saying, okay, so how do we make peace with this? How do we reach this point where we're in exile, but yet okay with that? So let me just kind of give you a working definition for what exile means for us. Uh, I'm using it in the term of saying we've been removed 
or even banished from that which is familiar for us. And that's where we find ourselves. Some of you are still at home today worshiping, even though while you're worshiping through this uh, live stream, another group of us are meeting on campus and we're trying to come back to some kind of a normal, some kind of new normal, if you will. Some, somebody sent me a, uh, a membership to the AARP, and so I get this periodical from them. And, uh, and a bulletin that they sent out this week, multiple pages of the old kind of magazine format, uh, where they talk about the new normal and how things are different in our world and how it's gonna be different going forward. And most of those are grounded in some kind of an awareness that there is a fear that's out there. Fear of germs, fear of going out in the public, fear of people. Uh, our new normal, that is being in exile, needs some help. And how do we do that? How do we decide, here's how we're gonna live in exile? I'm gonna to suggest to you today that we adopt that thing that I said to my kids' friends. We need to make ourselves at home. And so we'll look at that first, as God says essentially to the children of Judah, the southern kingdom, make yourself at home in Babylon. And then later he'll say essentially, make yourself at home with me. Our next two segments, we'll explore those a little bit. In the meantime, I wanna invite you to grab a Bible, go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, and uh, we'll gather around that in just a few minutes. So today we're looking at this idea of make yourself at home when it comes to being uh, forcibly removed from what is normal and now you have to deal with a new normal. Uh, how do we live? How do we do that? So Jeremiah 29 provides us some great insights, I think. And I, I wanna highlight several truths that come out of this passage today. Uh, in just a moment, I'll begin reading through it. We'll take the reading in sections today, but we're in verses 1 through 14. Uh, and we just need to know going into this that Jeremiah 29 picks up about six to eight years after Daniel's deportation, as we saw last week in Daniel chapter 1. So in other words, they've been there for a while. And in in Jeremiah 29, the first few verses, it highlights for us just who was there and a little bit of what's happening back in the southern kingdom of Judah. And so let me just read a couple of verses here and we can see who's in Babylon and what that has to say to us. Chapter 29, verse 1. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. In other words, this is that intelligentsia, this is that leadership group, the, the nobility and otherwise that we talked about last week. So they're still there and they've been there now a number of years. Verse two says, this was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the eunuchs, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the metal workers had departed from Jerusalem. And this letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And then we'll get on to what it says in just a few moments. But what we find from that is there is this, this set of people, these movers and shakers, if you will, that have been taken off into captivity. There is this puppet government that's left behind in Jerusalem. And there are these exchanges that are happening. Uh, that kind of points us to one of the first 
points of reference here that I think help us as we move deeper into what it means to live and to make ourselves home while in this time of change and of different normal. Um, and here's that first. In that exchange that's happening, this exchange of letters, um, th- th- there's, there's actually a series of those in Jeremiah 29 and in, in the surrounding text there. So there's a letter that goes out, another one that comes back, and this communication back and forth. And that let's just pause over that for a moment. Normally we would just skip right over that. But there's a truth that comes out of that for us in these times. And that is, it's hard to move on when we continue to have reminders of what used to be. And we get so settled into the way things are and we work to make sure that, you know, we have this equilibrium about our lives and that that goes back to our Job series that we talked about in Thrive. Um, but we work hard to achieve that balance so that everything's just right. And then when we're taken into exile, then when the normal is hijacked, um, we might do okay with settling into the new normal. Some of us have already done that. But when we keep getting reminders of what used to be and how it once was, it kind of keeps pulling us backwards. And it It throws us off a little bit. And that's part of what's happening there, and that's part of what's happening here. Our old normal keeps pushing forward. And so today, as I mentioned in the first segment, today we're split as a church, not in the way some churches split. Praise the Lord that we're not that kind of split. But we have a group that is meeting on campus while you are watching this live stream version of our recorded stuff uh, while you're watching it from home. And so that reminder of, well, we're not where we used to be. We're not where our hearts want us to go. We're not all together in the same room worshiping together today. And those kind of things draw at us and pick at us and even tend to pull us backward. Our heart's desire is one thing, and that new normal sometimes makes that impossible, but it keeps raising its head. And that causes us some heartache. So as we come to this to make ourselves at home in this new normal, we just need to realize that there's always gonna be pressure on that. And so that, that keeps us a little bit off balance. So here's another truth that grows out of this that I think helps us with being off balance. And that is to call it what it is. Judah and the exiles especially wanted to be back home. And we, I mean, we might say to that, well, sure they did. Of course they did. But the fact that there are these letters that are going back and forth help us to know that that's the case. And then as we kind of dig beneath that a little bit, we find that those ones who are in in exile so wanted to go home, to go back to what was, to their families, to what was familiar, to their worship at the temple. They so wanted to go back that they began to surround themselves with people who were telling them what they wanted to hear. And that really provides the basis for these letters that I was talking about that are going back and forth, four of them in this little area of scripture. And so what we find is these prophets, and we know them now to be false prophets, they were saying to the children of Judah who were in exile, 
uh, it's okay, we're not gonna be here very long. Now they were reading kind of the political signs of the day and they're saying, it's okay, we're not gonna be here very long, get everything in order and so that we can go back home because that's gonna happen soon. But Jeremiah comes on the scene and he says, hold on, that's just not true. And so in verses four through 10, Jeremiah gives us, uh, in, in my terms, he's saying, just make yourself at home. So let me read those verses four through 10. And so uh, this, this letter says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Make yourself at home. Verse 5, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. So the message that is being sent out through these false prophets is, you're gonna go home, everything's fine. God steps into that through Jeremiah and he says, those are not my people. Those are not my words. Jeremiah says, make yourself at home. The principle that I think we should draw from that as we seek to make ourselves at home in this new normal, in this whatever it's gonna be, that principle says we need to be careful to whom we are listening because there will be those voices out there who are gonna say the things that we wanna hear. There are gonna be those people who are out there who are gonna say, this is the way it is, or this is the way it will be. Um, and that's the problem that we have looking forward. We don't always know which voice to listen to. Well, actually, we do know which voice to listen to, and Jeremiah helps us with that, with this prophecy when God says, I'm not talking to or through them, this is my word. We listen for the voice of God. And so in these times where we are exiled, where we are banished from what was our normal, in this time where you are living that today, listen for the voice of God. We'll explain that just a little more from what Jeremiah says in this passage in this next segment. Right now, we want to push you to the opportunity to discuss some of this and the implications of this. So we're going to give you a couple of minutes with a couple of discussion questions so that there where you are, you and your family or whoever you're with, uh, can talk about this and, and bring it home in a very concrete way in your life. So now we come to the heart of today's message. And it's not that what we've already said isn't important because it sets the, sets the scene for us and it sets the text up for us so that we get what I believe was the heart of Jeremiah's message for those people, uh, those who were in exile, and it's also the heart of the message for us today. Uh, I stopped reading in verse 9. I want to pick up reading now in verse 10, and let's go ahead and get verse 11 on the table, but we're going to focus in now verses 11 through 14. But I read from verse 10, For thus says the Lord, When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. That's the message that Jeremiah gives. You need to make yourself at home in Babylon because we're going to be here for a lifetime. Seventy years, 
generally speaking, that's also the time uh, that we're given in life. You go back in other parts of the Old Testament, uh, kind of that normal lifespan, if you will. And so what Jeremiah is saying, God is saying through Jeremiah is, you need to make yourself at home because this is not going to be over with soon. Now, that being said, uh, we could draw any number of principles from this passage. Verse 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And we love to quote that. It's a great verse for us to quote. There's a great truth in that. But Jeremiah delivers that as a message from God into the hearts of exiles who want to go home. And God has said to them, you need to make yourself at home in Babylon because that's just not happening anytime soon. But I have plans for you. So one of the principles that we could take out, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in it. But uh, that is that we, uh, we know that God is moving through history and we have a part in that. A corollary to that one, which also comes out of verse 10, is that we can, in the meantime, while we're waiting for God's plan to, lay out, uh, to play out, uh, we need to hold on to hope because we can be sure that God is involved and he's not abandoned us to this. Those are great truths and we could spend a lot of time talking to them. We could also use another principle that grows out of this and that is that when we suffer from situational focus where we get our eyes totally focused on what's going on and our, our disorientation, that when that happens, we tend to lose heart. Those are all principles we could talk about, but the heart of what this message is, I believe, comes in verses 12 through 14. So let me read those now. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will heal you. Excuse me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. What a great series of statements there that draw us into this driving truth. It represents for them, the southern kingdom people now in in about 596 B.C., it drives them to this new normal. And for them, their old normal had been when they worshipped, they did a very ritualistic thing. They were at the temple. We could go to the Psalms of Ascent, uh, part of that section of the Psalms where uh, they were pilgrim songs as people were making their way to those three times annual festivals that God called them to go to. Uh, and, and it was a point of reference for them, but it was always centered at the temple. But now the temple is not there for them. They're off in exile. They're going to be in exile. And so the new normal for them is how do we do our worship when we can't be at the place where God resides, so to speak? They're in exile. They're in a land full of false gods. And so God gives them this truth. This is a connecting kind of truth for them. Listen to the way God lays this out in the verbs that he gives to them. Verse 12, you will call on me and you will pray to me. In verse 13, you will seek me. That's very much centered on them. He's saying, do these things. You will do these things. 
But then he adds to that, in that foreign land where you are, where you're going to be for a while, make yourself at home there, but make yourself at home with me also. So you will call on me and pray to me, and then he follows that up with, and I will hear you from Babylon of all places. So now on the table for them is this truth that God is not just a regional God. He's not just God in Jerusalem. They had had their opportunities to question that when Babylon came in. But now they see and they will see that God is not limited in space. He is their God. It is very connection-oriented. It is very relationship-oriented. You will seek me. You will pray to me. And I will hear you. You will seek me. And you will find me, he says. It's personal. It's interactive. It's spiritual. It's not mechanical. And God is not regional. Those truths all come together in what Jeremiah is saying to them. To lay out for them this transition. Theirs is not a religion of a place. Theirs is a relationship with the living God. And no matter where they find themselves, no, let me pull it off of them and let's put it in our laps where it really matters to them. No matter where we find ourselves, in a new normal, in a land that in many ways seems to be vastly different from the land that we thought we grew up in or that we thought we were building, in a land where some people and sometimes God might even seem to be not around anymore. God says, you seek me and you will find me. You pray and I will hear you and I will answer back to you. And that hope that comes from that connection with God, the living God, sets us up, by the way, not just from this Old Testament passage, but it pushes us into the New Testament and it helps us to anticipate the role of the Holy Spirit as He is the one who who communes with us. God in us, we know from our New Testament theology. All of those things come together in this little passage. And so Jeremiah is saying to those people in exile, you make yourself at home there because you're going to be there for a while. But the way you do that is you make yourself at home with God. One of the greatest privileges we have is to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit, as I just said, indwells us as we uh, accept Christ as our Savior, as we surrender our will to His and, and we give Him control of who we are. The Holy Spirit takes up residence with us and God hears us and He resides with us and it fills us with hope even when we're in a foreign land of exile where we're just kind of off our game. If you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, if you haven't made that kind of connection with God that changes everything about your life today, but also your life through eternity, then we would want you, we do want you to understand and to embrace that gift that Jesus Christ gives. We'd love to speak with you about that. There are connection uh, ways that you can connect with us, phone numbers and emails and, and those kind of things that will be on your screen here. We want to help you discover this personal relationship with the living God. 
And those of you who have already made that choice and yet you find yourself a little bit disoriented and kind of out of your familiar uh, way of living, uh, don't lose track of the fact that the way you make yourself at home in this new normal is that you embrace who God is and the offer that he has given you. Uh, we're going to give you a little bit of a chance now to reflect on these with a couple of other discussion questions. Thank you for being with us today. We'll see you again next week.